You are listening to What I Know For Sure, the podcast. I'm your host, Callie, and this podcast is all about what we know for sure and the lessons we learned in the midst of what we didn't know for sure. If you are looking for a space to be loved on and hear hard truths, then stick around. This is the podcast for you. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. First, it's free. Then there are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. When I first set out in climbing the corporate ladder, I had literally zero sales experience. I had just graduated with a degree in business administration and getting a degree such as that, there really are no classes on sales because, well, that's the other degrees, right? Which if I can for just one moment, say how terribly unfortunate that is that in any business class, they should have some sort of sales class that accompanies that. And maybe they do, and that just wasn't offered at my college, but I feel like it's just not a thing. You can certainly DM me on Instagram if I'm wrong, but I just don't see it. At any rate, I never had that class. And I also feel like having the word administration in my title was a little misleading as well. Like, Most people that I know that have that business degree alongside mine most oftentimes find themselves with much more dynamic roles than the quote-unquote administration part. So I don't know. I, I, I don't know how, but that's just how it feels for me. And to be honest, like sales was not the focus for me when I actually started my journey. And so... You probably have heard me mention, but I'll just mention it again, that I started in sort of my corporate ladder journey um, in office, quote unquote, administration, and then it moved into recruiting. And I have a previous episode sort of outlining my my journey there briefly. And so I'll link that in the show notes. But I started as a recruiter and while that could be considered like a sales position, I never really considered it to be like that. Uh, I think for me, I was just so passionate about the work that I was doing, the clients that I was serving, and then the community that I was helping, that looking back, my passion for the people truly outweighed any sales pitch that I was drumming up. And so when I was in recruiting, it was full service, meaning that I was, quote unquote, this salesperson, which I never really took full on that actual role uh, in the beginning. And then the full service also was managing the branch, managing both the clients and the associates in full HR functionalities. And so, like I said, I never thought of myself as the true salesperson, which what I realized now is that it was sales. It was just more of like conversational sales. 
in the sense that I spoke about the value of our company that we could bring to the client, but most oftentimes the client was already sort of onboarded. So I didn't really have to truly do much of that. Really the continuing to speak about the value brought to the client was just more on a weekly basis. So when we would, you know, send people out, we would, you know, curate the email or have conversations with the client on the phone as we were sort of working through uh, speaking to the candidates about the value that the client had, right? Because when you talk about in terms of recruiting, how our business model was set up was they, we would have them for, I think it was like a hundred days or something. Every, every recruiting agency is different, but we would have them for a certain length of time. And then after that length of time, they would transition on to uh, the client's payroll as full-time employees. So when we talk about the value that we were expressing to the candidates, it really was, this is the value that our company would bring to you. And so during this 90 or 100 days, whatever that looked like, you know, this is, these are the benefits that we'll provide to you. And then as you transition, this is the client benefits. And so we sort of were this go between, between just always coming back to the value, whether it's educating the client on the value that the candidate can bring or educating the candidate on the value that the client could bring. It just really never truly felt like sales because I was just so passionate about almost every client that we worked with. And then truly, as I got to know the candidate, I was, you know, advocating for them on their behalf to the client. Uh, and that really came from understanding who they were as a candidate and, you know, as a potential employee for the company that I was working for. And so I just, like I said, never really, <laughs> truly, pretty much until right now, realized that it was all sales. It was just super conversational. And I never really had the pressure of having a metric that I would have to go out into the community and, you know, bring in XYZ sales. All I knew is I had X amount of positions to fill and I had to do that with people. Um, and then, you know, our, our emails to the client were again, you know, Joe, Joe Blow here, you know, he has worked for XYZ company. He's super stable, super reliable. Like that's all information that I had to gather through our interview process. But all of that to say, my role never really started to transition into more formal sales until I transitioned to a branch manager role. And during that time, our branch never had a salesperson. And so I was it, like to collect more sales and get our branch trending towards, you know, the top of the leaderboard. The whole thing was that I had to go out and I had to now transition to do like the cold calling and, you know, have a pipeline and all of the things. And I remember going out, we had like this, um, I'm trying to think of what it's called, but we had this 
uh, where we would go to the clients and give them like goodies, you know, as like to cold, it was sort of like cold call. And so I remember I had like five or eight companies on my on my list for that day. And so I got in my car and, you know, I have all my addresses and I got my Google Maps and I'm like, I can do this. And when I got to the first company, I sat in the driveway or the, you know, the parking lot frozen, completely frozen. And I talked myself up to say, I can't do this. Like I was then full-fledged shaking, couldn't control myself. I was sweating profusely in my palms. And I thought to myself, I can't do this. There is no way that I can go in. Like, what do I say? What, what do I say? And knowing that probably three to four other recruiting agencies had walked in the front door. Like, what makes me different that I'm going to show up and be like, yeah, you should work with us because we're super awesome. And, you know, we bring all this value. And I totally didn't remember any of the conversations that I had had with my clients, with my candidates that I could even transition into doing sales. So here Callie is in her car in a full-blown panic attack, and I drove back to the branch, and I am crying. And I remember my manager that was above me at that time, she was an area manager, um, Andrea, love, love, love her. I remember coming back into the office, and I am just in tears. And she said, oh my gosh, what is wrong? And I said, and I can't do this. I cannot do sales. And she grabbed me by my shoulders. We sat down in her office and she said, it's not sales. Like if you truly think about it, yes, it is sales. But she said, Callie, you can go out into the world and all of the things that I hear you talk about on the phone to the clients as far as why we are the best and why we provide, you know, value to them. Those are the things that you have to say. And she said, when you are approaching, we call them the gatekeeper, right? The, the front lady at the desk who don't you dare ask her anything about the people in the back because like she is the one person who knows everything and she is the one person that you have to get out or him, whoever. But like if Pam is sitting at the front desk, you need to tell Pam that you love her shirt that day. You may really not enjoy her shirt, but today, because you need to talk to the HR whoever, today you love Pam's shirt. And so I remember this conversation with Andrea and she said, Callie, you, you are doing sales. It's just you don't even realize it. And so you need to find something to resonate with the other person that you are asking the sales from. And whether that is the dog, whether that is, you know, what they're wearing that day, whatever that looks like, it's just you are friendly enough, you are smiley enough 
And the only barrier that you have is yourself. The only barrier that you have is being able to show up in the way that I see you show up in the office here. And so it just clicked for me because I thought this whole situation, it taught me that I was not an outside salesperson for one, but I could potentially be a salesperson by just being authentic just being myself. And if that resonated with people, if that was the way that I was organically showing up every day, then why wouldn't we get clients, right? Why wouldn't this be um, something successful for me, but also for my company? But specifically, internally, I truly felt that I was not an outside salesperson. Like that part wasn't my jam. I didn't enjoy actively going out and cold walking into somewhere or cold calling somewhere because I really valued working with the clients after the initial onboarding began with what we would call upselling. So I could talk to our regular clients that we had and And, you know, find opportunities for us to grow within their organization if they had, you know, what's coming down the pipeline? What new positions do you have? Could we potentially fill those for you? Like, I loved talking about that. And I also loved working with the candidates to secure those placements. And that really is a whole other ball of sales, right? Like, not every person is going to take every job that you pitch them. (laughs) And they shouldn't, truly. But working with the candidates to secure those placements, it was conversational sales where I was matching their skills to what they desired with what the client was seeking. And so anyhow, I really loved, again, just showing the value to both ends because that is where my caring personality came in. And I just felt a little less sleazy, if that makes sense. And I think when we talk in terms of sleazy sales, it's not necessarily like what we what I just talked about, right? It's not always the cold calling. It's not always the, uh, you know, calling 50 times a week just so we can get in front of somebody. That is sleazy. But also, sleazy sales to me represents just not really showing up as yourself and not really being truly invested in the company that you're working for so that the potential client can see you radiating why you truly love this company and why it will be successful for them. Because you're basically asking in recruiting, you're basically asking the whole HR department to turn over all of their recruiting process. And that's a huge undertaking. And so a lot of people have an issue with somebody because, you know, recruiting agencies are a dime a dozen. They have a huge issue with people coming in and saying, oh, yes, we can do this because what makes you different than the other guy? And I couldn't ever get to a point where And this is totally topical, where I was comfortable getting out of my car, going in, 
and and preaching the value from day one. Like I knew in my mind, in my heart, why we were the best. And I knew what set us apart. It was just, I could never articulate the language. And so I knew that once they became a client or once we were sort of working towards onboarding them, that my personality would be able to show them why my branch or, you know, the section of my company would be a good fit for them. But it was just the initial part that really, truly, if I'm being honest, I still kind of struggle with. I think of how my business model is set up right now, too. There are multiple ways that I could be that pushy, salesy type of person and really, truly down to my core, it's just not me. And I truly enjoy connecting and learning from the potential clients that I have in front of me and then working in a partnership to help them reach their goals. And so what I mean by that is I remember when I was on a call uh, with a potential client and I said at the end of the call, well, you know, truly, I've, I've given you some things to think about. And so, you know, if it resonates with you and the way that I operate, if that resonates with you, uh, you know, feel free to let me know and, and we'll book a call and we can get you onboarded. And she said to me, well, that's not very salesy. We'll work on that. And I just thought to myself, <laughs> I, I really should have ditched it right there, but I continued to follow up. And I realize now that this is not the person that I wanted to be. So when someone is forcing me to be that way, not only do I naturally retract, but it burns even deeper that I don't ever want to be that person. And the way that my calls are set up is I really spend that half an hour of the initial call getting to know someone and their brand, right? Because it's a lot to unpack. You're asking someone to go, what are you struggling with? And sometimes they don't even know until we start sort of bouncing ideas off of each other. And they know that they need an online business manager. They know that they need help, but they they sometimes have a hard time looking internally and saying, but where is that? Where does that person fit in? And so naturally, I love to let the flow of discussion really permeate them answering that question, but then also giving them the time of grace to go back and digest what it is that I'm asking them to, to turn over to me, right? And so that looks a little bit different from everyone, but I just felt like I shouldn't have been forced to like turn my sails on <laughs> because that's the way that I wanted to show up in my, in my company. And that's the way from day one when I started doing this that I really looked internally to say, what is the benefit here? And the benefit is for me to show up and always be the listener. Let the person brain dump to me. Let them get their frustrations out because then I'm able to look objectively to say, am I the right person for you? And are you the right person for me? Because not all the time will you find a client that matches your business style. And so it's really this sort of dance that we do, and it doesn't always happen on just one call. 
right? And I think that's something that we really need to clarify too is it shouldn't be the expectation that we're showing up to one call and asking for the sale. Like sometimes you will meet people that need to really spend time to get to know you before they pull the trigger. And whether that is they come to find you on social media or you're having, you know, maybe more than one call with them, like it really takes some people a little bit longer and that's okay. I feel like sometimes when we're in society, it's rush, 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 do, 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 and make the sale, make the sale, make the sale, make the sale, because everybody is in this big rush. And I just want to caution that if you're in the business of serving, then it's serve first, sale second. Let me just say that one more time. It's serve first, sales second. Because if I can serve you in a way that you don't need me, which For some people, that's contradictory. But if I can serve you in a way that you don't need me, then I will always do that first. But if if I can also serve you in a way where I can get you more help, then that's serving and closing the sale. Do we see the distinction here? And so that is really what I wanted to chat with you about is that if you feel like the sales aspect of your business is what's holding you back from asking for the sale, then don't ask for the sale. I want to share this with you that you need to show up as yourself truly. And I say this with love that people can read right through the bullshit. So you have to continue to show up as yourself and learn about them. Truly learn who they are, who the person is behind the business, but then also how does their business operate and what are the gaps that you are filling in for them? And then you are in a much better position to serve. And what I mean by that is when you when you look at your call process, if you are not coming from the position to serve first and sale second, then you're always just going to be the revolving door of clients. And for me, I don't want that. I want the long-term partnerships. I want the clients that really, truly enjoy working with me month in and month out. And so sometimes that looks a little bit different in the way that I have to approach the call. And then also creating a follow-up plan. So typically what I'll do is I will mark like, you know, seven days out or five days out, whatever that looks like from the time that I send a proposal. And then that's sort of on them. Like I will, you know, follow up one or two times, but I don't continue to beat the door down because Maybe something I said didn't resonate with them. Maybe, you know, they're not in a position to bring me on right now. And that's okay, truly. Um, I think it creates more value that when you look around and see what happens when it's a no, and you internalize those things, it makes you better to recognize what is happening when a no comes. What are the areas that you're finding are triggers for people when you say things on a call? 
And so what happens when it's a no then for you, right? Like we really have to carve that out. And then how can you say no? And I think for me, it's getting to the end of the call. If you know that the person is not resonating with you, or if you know that you can't serve them, be honest about that. Flat out say to them, I don't think you need me. Because for every no that you are saying no to, or for every no that you're receiving, it opens you up for a better yes. It truly brings those people that you are making room for that will be those long-term partnerships. And then how do we continue to evolve and reset? And I think that this is just a matter of really debriefing with yourself or if you have a team that's on a call, debriefing after the call and saying what went well, what didn't go well, and then how do I continue to evolve on the next call? And that's going to look a little bit different too, right? Because everybody is going to come to you with a different set of problems. But I think it's important too that while you're working through that process that you document what is working and what is not working so that you can continue to move forward and say, okay, like I, you know, this resonated with the person multiple times or, you know, multiple people it has resonated with. And so I really want to keep using that because that's an instrument for me. And then what is not working? So if you go through the conversation, like, is there something that you're saying that maybe is a trigger for everybody that like just kind of turns them off? So really internalizing sort of your quote unquote sales process. I hate even using that word sales, but it has to be that word. I guess. Um, But if you are not the salesy person, regardless of what people say, you don't have to be the salesy person that we think of from the textbooks. You get to be yourself in what sales means to you. And those clients that are attracted to you will close the sale. And those clients that are attracted to us, our brands and the help that we provide, those are the long-term clients. I truly hope that this is helpful and I hope it gives you some inspiration and in how you can go back and really funnel through your sales process to help yourself understand where is the value that I'm providing people and what do I want them to know. But before we can do either one of those things, We have to answer the question, what do I want to know about my client that I can help them with? And so asking those questions in the beginning of your call, you know, really understanding where they are coming from, that's a serving heart. And that's the heart that I want to have during sales. And I hope that if you are in the, you know, serving type role, that that's really a benchmark for you as well. And so what I know for sure is that you are the salesperson your business demands from you, not anyone else. Show up as your authentic self and watch the growth unfold. For now, see you around the socials.